It is March 2nd, 2022, and on today's episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast, newest member of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network, Peter DiBiase, joins me for a brand new segment called Let's Talk About It, next on the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. What is up and welcome into another edition of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at TTP underscore Charlie. You are listening to the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. And yes, I have a brand new segment for you as you heard in the intro with the newest member of the Built in Buffalo team, Peter DiBiase. But before I get to that, the NFL Scouting Combine is entering its Second day today, depending on when you're listening to this, Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. The tentative schedule for the Combine is that on Monday, the tight ends, wide receivers, and quarterbacks had their pre-exam orientation interviews and registration. Tuesday, the that group moves into the general medical exam. More reviews while the offensive linemen and the running backs do their first registration pre-exams. Then on Wednesday, uh, you know, the tight ends, quarterbacks, wide receivers move into the media interviews, uh, an NFLPA meeting, and then we're getting the defensive line linebackers first appearance in terms of registration. Thursday is the defensive backs, uh, you know, special teams, all those kinds of guys do their registration. Meanwhile, the other position groups are sort of going through all this stuff in a in a tiered setting. So you're going to start to see lots of measurements come out. Uh, the guy who normally does it isn't doing it this year. But you can find, I think, the measurements on PFF as well as uh, NFL Draft Bible on Twitter. So if you're some, somebody that's really interested in the measurements, that is where you can find them. Uh, real quick before we get to my segment with Peter, uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean both had a press conference on Tuesday, and they were fairly short. Uh, you know, they both kind of talked about additions to the coaching staff, some general things about what we're looking for. Uh, the media still tried to sort of get out of McDermott what went wrong in those, you know, 13 seconds, trying to get, uh, you know, the fans are, want more details, but he's not giving them. And I think it's really kind of important. I don't want to say he's turned the page because I'm sure that this is always going to affect him in one way or the other. But, you know, this is the start of like a new season. Uh, obviously, you're, they're looking towards the future now in the draft, free agency, building a roster to get ready for the 2022 season. So they were really focused on that. Um, you know, he added, I believe he said he's added seven new coaches, which I had forgotten that it was that many. Um, so I'll, I'll do a bit more of an overview next week when I wrap up the combine coverage. But I just wanted to acknowledge that they did have a press conference and I, I did, you know, listen to it and they were fairly short. Um, like I said, I'll go into more detail on that next week. And so without further ado, we've got a new segment for you. It's called Let's Talk About It. The uh, genesis behind the segment is that I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of YouTube shows. 
I disagree with a lot of what people say, and I find myself, you know, shouting out, I can't believe that he said that. So I figured uh, with, uh, you know, a recommendation from my wife, said, hey, why not react to this on your podcast? And then I said, okay, well, not only should I react to it, but when I can, I should try to bring on the person who, when I was listening to their show, I said, I can't believe he said that. And today it is, uh, like I said, the newest member of the Built in Buffalo team, Peter DiBiase. So without further ado, let's get into that segment. Let's talk about it. Bills Mafia, what is up? And I have a brand new segment for you today uh, with my very first guest that I've had in a while. He is the newest member of the Built in Buffalo network. I have with me Peter DiBiase with me. How are you doing today, Peter? Doing very well. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Always love talking some Buffalo Bills. Yeah, definitely. So tell, tell before we get into what we're going to talk about, tell the people uh, what you do for Built in Buffalo and any, uh, you know, if you have any other side projects that you do on your own. Yeah, um, I like you said, Charlie, I just recently joined the Built in Buffalo Network, maybe, maybe not even two weeks ago. I've only posted two episodes and my podcast comes out Every Monday on the normal streaming podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. It's called the Buffalo Blitz Podcast. Um, every Monday, and we just kind of talk about, we recap the week in in the Bills, just like if any new recent news happened and all that stuff. And then obviously we, right now, because free agency and draft, so we'll start breaking that stuff down. So yeah, my episode airs every Monday, mainly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it's called the Buffalo Blitz Podcast. And then on the side, I have my own separate YouTube channel called the Talking Sports Podcast. If you guys want to check that out, that is just all sports, not just Bills related. So that's on YouTube. Just type in Talking Sports Podcast and it'll be the first one that comes up. Well, I appreciate you being with me. And uh, the reason why I wanted to have you on, uh, the audience probably doesn't know this. I, I mentioned it to you a few minutes ago, but I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I watch a lot of YouTube shows and I always find myself, well, yelling, not always yelling, but but sometimes yelling, uh, you know, like, I can't believe that they, they said this or I can't believe this or, oh, my God, why did they say this? And and uh, my wife was actually like, why don't you make that a segment on your podcast? <laughs> uh, you know, like doing reactions to other people's podcasts. And I figured, you know what? I heard your podcast, your first podcast for Built in Buffalo. And you mentioned one thing that I am militant about in completely the other direction from you. And one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit, and I was kind of yelling at my phone, I said, you know what, I'm just going to have Peter on. Uh, so this is a segment that I have entitled, Let's Talk About It. And I think the first one is one that anyone who's listening to this podcast and anyone who knows me knows what I'm going to say. I am a militant supporter of the fact that I do not think that Gabe Davis will ever be a top two wide receiver in the NFL. And I know that, that I'm not just like coming at you personally, Peter. I know that almost every bills <laughs> fan on the planet feels the same way. And I just don't. Um, so I don't know if you want me to explain why I don't feel that way, or if you want to explain, you know, go into a little more depth and represent the mafia here in this discussion. Uh, what do you want to do first? No, I can, I can start with um, my side of, uh, but I do love how, because we're all bills fans doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. And maybe it's a good thing that we don't agree because it makes it more fun because you can have conversations like this. And if we agree on everything, then every single tweet we tweet, everybody's going to agree on. It's just not going to be fun. And then, you know what? Maybe you convince me. I convince you. We kind of learn 
from each other. So I like that. And look, I think, and going to the, obviously the Gabriel Davis thing, I love Gabe Davis. I do think he could be a two receiver. I want to say I, I'm kind of, I kind of flip flop a lot from it because I, I think Gabe Davis is incredibly talented, but I think he could be, and I want, I don't know if I phrase this uh, the way I wanted in the episode that you heard about. Um, maybe Gabe Davis is more of a two a receiver and we need a two B receiver. Like I kind of mentioned with Devin Singletary being a one a back and we need a one B back. Cause I think Gabe Davis gives you certain things that we can't, that other receivers don't. Um, but I do think, and I've, been really strong on this that the bills need to add another receiver and i don't think that's in-house like that. i don't think that's emmanuel sanders coming back i don't think that's cole beasley um really coming back or being that receiver or even isaiah mckenzie i think we need another add another speedster on the outside so i think if we add another speedster gabriel davis can be that two or three which in my mind doesn't really matter what you call it you can call it two you can call it three because obviously stefan diggs is the number one receiver. But if the Bills just go into the offseason, not re-sign, uh, go into the regular season, excuse me, not re-signing Sanders, potentially bringing back McKenzie, and then keeping Beasley, I don't think Gabe Davis fits that number two role. I think he fits that number two role if we have another third receiver that is similar onto his level, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it that way because I, I guess like that that's – we're you're sort of beginning to come into the area where like my opinion comes in. And, yeah. and again, I don't think that he's a, an untalented person. I think he's very talented. I just think he's talented at a few things. And I, and I guess, you know, seeing the Buffalo bills really want those sort of, I don't care how tall you are. Just, we want great separators guys who can run all the routes as our top two or three guys. That's not Gabe Davis. Like Gabe Davis can't, you know, you know, Gabe Davis barely runs any 90 degree like breaking routes, like when you have to sink your hips, you know, all that stuff like he, he doesn't do it now. Maybe they're just not asking him to and he's amazing. But if he was amazing, why wouldn't they want him to do it? Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like his best role is as a big slot kind of because that's what he did. Right. Like, that's what he does. He finds those gaps in the middle of the field. He, he runs those vertical routes. He, he runs those sort of, you know, slowly crossing routes. So it's going to sound a little bit like I'm sort of hedging my bet here. What I'm saying is, is I don't care if technically he's like the other boundary receiver outside of digs. I just don't think he can run all the routes and I don't know if he could handle like 80 or 90 targets because he can't run all the routes. So if you were to put him on the boundary, I feel like you need like a digs type skill set. Then somewhere as your as your number four guy to, to replace, because I still feel like they just want separators. And my other question is, is, OK, you have Diggs, you have Sanders, you have Beasley, you have Knox. How much do they benefit Gabe Davis and make him look good? Like if he suddenly does become the second option, you, you got to think he's going to get doubled next year after what he did in the playoffs. How is he going to respond to that? Like are his opportunities created because the other guys who are more talented than him are taking all the coverage and there's no one almost like nobody left to cover Gabe Davis. That's my question. Yeah, no, I think that could totally be an option. I kind of like the point where you said maybe the bills haven't fully released his skill set. It would be weird if they didn't, you never know. Cause sometimes a guy in year three pops even more than he popped in year two because teams use them differently or they found a new skill set for him. But no, I think Gabe Davis does have a specific skill set and he's great at that. He's great. He's really good 
at that skill set. I love him in the red zone. We know him in the red zone is great and him running that deep route. But you're right. He doesn't he doesn't do a comeback route. Well, his feet aren't incredible. He's not Stefan Diggs. And we love Stefan Diggs because Stefan Diggs can do literally basically everything you, you would want in a receiver, maybe outside of having Tyreek Hill speed, which is not a lot of people have Tyreek Hill speed. But I think if the Bills add a receiver that like takes the top off the defense, I think Gabe Davis becomes even more valuable. But I completely agree. I don't think Gabe Davis can play 90% of the snaps. I think the Bills are going to have to bring in something that's not on the current roster, either through the draft or through free agency, that kind of does something differently than what Gabe Davis does. Because if you do, if you bring in another guy that does something different than Gabe Davis, then Gabe Davis becomes even more valuable. I do, I, I kind of, I kind of, when I phrased it on my first podcast, I don't know if I phrased it correctly. I don't think he's the, like the, a legit number two. I think he can be that number two because I don't think it really matters where you say if he's a number two or number three. I think he's going to play 60 to 70% of the snaps. He's going to be that great red zone target. And if he's a great red zone target and you have another guy that takes the top off the defense and you have Knox and you have Diggs, I think that's a totally perfect role for um, Davis. And I think that's where he's going to fit in the league. Yeah, and I guess maybe for me, I tend to be a little more, you know, a, aggressive or militant with with my takes when I feel like you know, like everybody is going the other way in a way, and and I think that that's a a great you know way to say it is you call him whatever you want, but he does have that certain skill set, and I think that's the one thing that that really frustrates me, and I understand fans are fans and. But I just think it's okay if he's only good at three things or two things. He doesn't yeah, have to be just because he he he's good at those two or three things doesn't mean he's suddenly going to be good at the, the four five, six or seven other things that Stefan Diggs is good at. And I think that that's sort of the disconnect in a way is because fans are, oh, he's just going to, you know, and it's like, well, no, like like if you look at him in his first two years, he's kind of been the same player. He's just been really, really successful at being that player which is fine that, that that's fine you know but to suddenly assume that he's suddenly going to become you know a top five route runner in the league I just think that's a bit you know wishful thinking I guess no I agree because yeah Davis Gabe Davis does a couple things great and that's totally fine so the Bills want to keep doing what he's doing I have no problem with that and I think it's tough to compare him to Stefan Diggs because Stefan Diggs is there's not many Stefan Diggs not many route runners that are as good as Stefan Diggs. So I think, and he's also has a different skill set. So that's why he's so good because he does stuff different than Stefan Diggs. So I think I agree comparing or thinking Gabe Davis could become a top five route runner or a top or just gets completely just like change how he plays and become a Tyreek Hill speed guy. That's just kind of really far-fetched, but I do agree. I think Davis does a couple of good things and I think that's great. I think we need that. We saw how valuable that was against the chiefs in the divisional round. So why not just keep letting him do that? Bring in another guy that does something totally different. And then we can stop the discussion because why would we want to force and why would the bills want to force? And I don't think they're gonna to become, to make Gabe Davis someone he is not because I don't think that's fair to him. And I don't think that's how we can get the best value out of Gabe Davis. If the bills want to make Gabe Davis become like a Stefan Diggs route runner. Then I think they're going to ruin him. And we're not going to see the Gabe Davis. We want to see. Yeah, I, I agree. And I going back to even, I guess, two years now, technically, when the Bills lost to the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, um, you know, 
I was just like, man, we need just a guy who can run. Like, I don't want him to just just run and nothing else, <laughs> you know, like John Ross. But we, I'd love to have a guy who can run routes and who can, you know, run that four, three, five, wh- wh- whatever stock you put in 40 times. But and I think that's one of the things that the, the Bills defense has been missing. So Gabe Davis certainly gives you some of that in terms of the routes he runs. But he's not a uh, he's definitely not a top end um, speedster. And, and, and that's fine. Like, like we've said. Um, so we're we're sort of in agreement. We're sort of not about Gabe Davis, which is, which is fine. The other thing I heard you say, and I was kind of, I don't know if I was shocked, <laughs> but I was like, Hey, wait a minute. And I, I guess why well, I wanted to get more, more of your opinion on the coaching staff changes in regards to this. And, and I believe, I don't, I don't think this is a direct quote from you, but I think it's close. <laughs> I think you said nobody ever wants to see Cody Ford ever play football again. And I was like, well, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, like, like I've been a supporter of Cody Ford to a point. I think that their obsession with kind of putting him in all these different places and then him getting hurt didn't help him at all. Um, I also recognize that he, I don't, I don't know Cody Ford's work ethic, but I would imagine that some of the non-developmental blame is on him as well. So I guess I'll say this. They went from Bobby Johnson, who's a guy who I, I think none of us really ended up liking as an offensive line coach. They got Aaron Cromer, supposedly one of the best offensive line coaches. And sure, you can say, excuse me, you can say, okay, this is about the offensive line in general, getting better, protecting Josh. You certainly have Spencer Brown, a young guy who you want to develop. But I've got to think that that. I mean, in a way, like this is Cody Ford's last year on his rookie contract. They need to make a decision on him. So what better way than to bring in Aaron Cromer? And I don't know if Cody Ford's going to going to compete for a starting spot. If he does, Aaron Cromer should be given some award. I, so I just was wondering what your thoughts were in terms of Aaron Cromer. And and, you know, I don't I'm not saying I want you to predict the future. But do you think there's a chance that that with a change of coach that Cody Ford can can be? I don't know, like in like a I mean, he, he, Better than John Feliciano or something. I mean, I don't know where to, to put him, but what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, and going back to like you said, you like uh, you liked Cody Ford when he first came in. I loved Cody Ford when we drafted him in the second round. I thought he should have been a first round pick. So maybe that's where you can see my uh, draft uh, analyst <laughs> ability right there. That I thought <laughs> I thought we had a steal, and I thought, oh my god, Cody Ford was going to go to the first round because when I had my big board, I'm like, he's a first round, maybe in the 20s pick, and we took him in the second round. I was I was ecstatic about it. Um, look, was I probably a little too harsh when I said Cody Ford, should we, should, do we never want to see Cody Ford ever play again? Probably. Um, look, I think I agree. We, he's going to have a rookie, his rookie contract's going to come up. Obviously the Bills are going to make a decision on that. The problem with, with, for me is that if Cody Ford is who he is, and even if Aaron Cromer comes in, but can't fix Cody Ford, obviously that says a lot more about Cody, uh, Cody Ford than Aaron Cromer. Do the Bills really want to? risk having him play legit snaps where we're a team that wants to win a Super Bowl and we're a team that can win a Super Bowl. That's my problem. I do think Cromer is probably the best. He's better than Bobby Johnson. I agree. I think we kind of fell out of love with Bobby Johnson towards the end because just the interior line was, I wouldn't say atrocious, but it was needed improvement. And I think, look, I think Cody Ford is going to battle for, I think he's going to battle for a roster spot. It also depends who the Bills bring in. Obviously, you have Ryan Bates, who's a restricted free agent. If he comes back, that is 
I think the Bills want to bring him back, and I kind of would like the Bills to bring him back. But you also have to think, do they bring back Darren Williams because they're paying him tackle money to play right guard? So do they take a pay cut? Do they cut him? I think he's more likely to take a pay cut because he's not playing tackle anymore because that's Spencer Brown's position. Do they bring in – I've, I've liked the guy, James Daniels, Chicago Bears. He's young. He's 24. PFF, and what do you can say about PFF? Um, He was a 19th run block. He was rated 19th out of – 63 guards that played at least 50% snaps, and he was an 18th run blocker. So that's another guy to come in. Austin Corbett from the Rams to play interior. I do think Cody Ford's going to get a chance, maybe not to start, but be that, maybe what Ryan Bates was last year, That's that backup tack, uh, not backup tackle, excuse me, the backup guard. Um, but I, I I really wanted Cody Ford to pop. I really wanted Cody Ford to pop because I was ecstatic when we drafted him. And I think we can see the talent. I'm looking at his bio 6'3", 330. Like, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. It just hasn't come together, and I feel bad with the injuries and all that stuff, and he's kind of been passed over. But, well, I don't think John Feliciano has a future on the Buffalo Bills. I think Ryan Bates and Darren Williams do, and then obviously they're going to have to bring in some guys in the free agency. But Cody Ford's going to have a chance to battle for the roster spot, and what's better to do that with than besides having Aaron Cromer coach him? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think they're just going to – I definitely think there's going to be competition, whether it's with, you know, Bates and Ford. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think Williams is probably just stays at guard. I don't ever want to see John Feliciano in a Buffalo Bills uniform again. I've been on that train again for like two years. i just not interested in that. You mentioned a guy like James Daniel. So this is, this is a good transition into the, the last thing I really want to go over with you is, is – what do you think the Bills need? I do have a specific order. I know, like, you know, a lot of people want a corner. Uh, you know, the consensus seems to be they need more defensive linemen. What are you looking for them to do in the draft? Are you like a, hey, sign Chandler Jones kind of guy? Do you want a couple smaller moves? So what are you looking for when it comes to free agency? Um, the Chandler Jones thing is interesting. Like Emmanuel Agua, I was talking on my podcast about that last night, Emmanuel Agua and Chandler Jones. The problem with those two guys, they're going to cost like 12 to 15 million per year. And I don't think the bills can really work that in the cash space. And there's a couple of guys I would like, I think bringing in interior alignment, I think that has to be key either in the draft or in free agency. You don't have to bring like, like three or four, you can bring in one or two to kind of have um, kind of a battle. And I think in, in those one or two, that could be Ryan Bates. Cause I think Ryan Bates showed a while last year when he played legit snaps. I do think the Bills on the defensive side need to bring in some better guys in, in the interior side of the defense. Edge rusher, I think they can bring back Hughes or Addison, one of the two. You can always draft a guy or go another cheap option as well and obviously run out uh, Basham and Benenza and Rousseau and let those guys go to work. The Bills need to fix their interior of their defense. You can bring back Harrison Phillips, which I think the Bills do. Obviously, you have Ed Oliver. Star, I think he gets cut. I don't think we really need to see Star again. I think he's like my – like I said – John Feliciano didn't really work out. I don't think Star's going to work out. And obviously, Vernon Buller. I don't think we need to see Vernon Buller play another No, no, I, snap I really hope not. So, I think somebody like Derek Natty for the Chiefs, I think he would be a very good option at the tackle. Daquan Jones on the Panthers. Those are two good options if you want to go out of house. Um, those I like those kind of options. And also, I've been high on the Dante Jackson train for outside corner because I think the Bills – can do one of two things, not one of two things. I think the Bills, and I talked about this last night, if they sure up the interior of that defensive line with a Derek Natty signing or a Daquan Jones or bring back Phillips and add another guy, the Bills could sign a mid-tier cornerback free agency like uh, 
Traverius Ward, Cal Fuller, maybe a Dante Jackson, which I would like more, and then draft a guy in the third or fourth round and kind of have that with Trey White coming back. And also you can always bring back Levi Wallace, which I would not be opposed to if, if it's in the five to maybe $7 million range. But I think a corner has to be a need. Either it's Wallace or draft a guy, or we can go out of house. And then you got to bring in a couple, you got to bring in a guard or two and you got to get bigger because our run defense, Charlie is up the middle. It scares me. So I think the bills are going to have to kind of reshape that the D tackle position. Yeah. They've been a little weird about it, you know, because like in one, in one sense, certainly I think at times last year and maybe in the beginning of this year, it was, they're just getting big boyed, but then Harrison Phillips kind of came in and, and a lot of that subsided and it ended up being more of a, you've got Micah Hyde and Tremaine Edmonds, like overrunning plays, like once they kind of, kind of get through the line of scrimmage. So, you know, it's kind of a, a tough thing for me to, to, um, reconcile exactly what to do. Although I, I acknowledge that they need more defensive linemen for sure. I w- certainly wouldn't mind the guys that you, um, you know, that, that you mentioned certainly in, in free agency and star. I mean, star, I, th- I think I heard some, somebody say it might've been Joe Marino talking about how he was hearing things about how star might retire and any, anything I guess with star would have to be post June 1st or else you're really, really not really saving anything on the, the salary cap with him. Um, you know, I mean, I guess he's a great locker room guy has been, I, I guess, a little bit disappointing on the field. And I, I'm glad you mentioned corner because I, I feel like it's something that we haven't really started talking about yet. And maybe once we get past the draft and into the summer and we start getting reports about Trey White, I think we're going to maybe start to talk about it more as a content creation community. But I've been sort of on the train of you know, and ACL is an 18 month injury potentially for the, for those of you who came and scored home, that's like May of 2023. We saw it with Harrison Phillips. He came back, but he was not the same until a year later, a season later. So I think for, you know, Trey white, the 12 months is like what October. And, and I mean, I don't, I think he's going to start the season on the pup list or something yeah. like that. So and it's weird because I don't want to re-sign Levi Wallace either because I feel like he's just so limiting athletically. But at the same time, it's like if Trey White's going to be on the pup list, suddenly you've got like Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis, and nobody. <laughs> so, yeah. so I want a more athletic guy than Levi because I think it does limit really what they can do because they've always got to roll the safeties his way a little bit. But at the same time, if Trey's not going to be ready, you almost have to sign a guy, trade for a guy, and draft another guy, like you said. So it's going to be very interesting to see where that situation is. And I think that's something that the Bills just have to be pro proactive as a just-in-case he's not ready, what do we do scenario. No, I completely agree. I don't think we want to just pray because I think Dane Jackson had a very good, very good end of the season, but I don't think the Bills – and the Bills are not in a position where we just want to roll out Dane Jackson and like just say a prayer and just – See what happens. I think the Bills are going to bring in. A, I think they're going to bring in two corners. Is that including Levi Wells? Who knows? But I think they're going to bring in. I, hopefully, they bring in an outside guy, and maybe they draft a guy in the second or third round, or even in the first round. They sure up the defense, and you see a guy like obviously Derek Stingley is going to be gone, and Montgomery is going to be gone. But Trent McDuffie, Roger McCreary, Andre Andrew Booth Jr., or Kyle Gordon, one of those four corners are going to be there at twenty-five. 
Um, so why not roll the dice with one of those? And I trust Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott because they're very good at developing secondary players better there, better than the interior and the outside of the defensive line. So I think the Bills cannot just rely on Levi Wallace. They want to bring him back in Dane Jackson to start the year. Has to be another outside guy. And I think drafting a corner in the first round is not a horrible idea at all. First, first round or early day two can't be a horrible idea. I think that would be a good idea for the Bills because I trust McDermott with the secondary. Yeah, so that's, that's great. That I'm glad that you mentioned those corners because I was going to ask you, uh, you mentioned about your, your big board from last year. So everyone seems to have you know their guys they like in the draft. Are you that you know that far into to, to what you do in terms of of looking at guys the Bills draft to have a couple guys whether it's you know uh, offensive guard or uh, you know defensive lineman or something that that you really like or you know wide receiver I know Jamison Williams is, is obviously probably the top guy so are there any guys that you really like? Yeah, um, like you said, offensive guard you have Jameer Slayer of uh, Sailor excuse me from Georgia or Zion Johnson from BC. Both of those would be great options at guard that the Bills could take. And I think either at 25 or potentially in the second round D tackle. I think the D tackle class is very interesting. You could go really high with like a Jordan Davis or DeMarvin Lee, but you can also wait to the second round and take a Travis Jones. who I actually think he's going to pop at the combine, which might obviously hurt us, but help his draft stock. He's from UConn. He's a freak of nature at the D tackle position and the corners. I think Stingley and Amon Garner are the top two. Uh, Stingley's injury history scares me. He's not going to get to 25, but any of those four guys, I mentioned are really good options. I don't think there's one guy I've fallen like in love with. Jordan Davis might be that guy. The sad thing is, is he there at 25? Probably not. He's just, he was such a presence in the national championship game in the college football semifinal. So I think him to get to 25 would be a shocker. And Jameson Williams coming back from the ACL. I think that's intriguing because he, he has top speed. So a Jameson Williams or like a Chris Olave or even a John Mechie, could be something like you said Man, the Bills could add. I really like Mechie. Like Yes. <laughs> I haven't I haven't I haven't watched his tape yet, but I've been reading other people's reports and and during the season it was like, oh, he has bad hands, bad hands. And now you read the scouting reports and it's like this guy is like the guy. And I'm so weird. Like people have him ranked in like in, in at 50. I'm like, man, I really like that guy. Yeah, I think John Mechie could I think he could be had in the third round, honestly, because of the injury. And I think the Bills are a type of team that could take a guy that doesn't start the first four games of the year because the Bills are super talented on the offensive side of the ball. So I think John Mechie's going to be a great guy. I'm I'm like what I, what we want to do at 25 kind of has to rely on what we do in free agency because I think the Bills could do a lot of things. But I, the, I always love the draft. My favorite part of the year. I'm a huge draft nerd. I haven't di- dove into it as much as I would like to, just because schoolwork and all that's fun stuff. Um, but look, I think John Mechie. I agree. I think John Mechie in the third round, even in the second round, could be a potential steal because I think before that injury, we were talking about Charlie him being a first round pick. Yeah, and and I'm glad that you said that you're a draft nerd. I'm a draft nerd. I, I don't even really like the games, to be honest. I know some people listening are now horrified and can't even believe that I would dare say that I like the draft more than the regular season games. But, um, you know, I, I really do. I really like, you know, scouting players and, and all that stuff. So um, I definitely want to have you back on again, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a couple weeks before the draft. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank you for coming on. 
let the people know where they can find you uh, on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you have your, your stuff going on. Yeah. And Charlie, I would love to come back on. And I'll definitely have you on my podcast in the next couple of weeks. We can do some draft talk, but yeah, you can find me on DBRC Peter on Twitter. And if you guys want to subscribe to my YouTube channel at talking sports podcast, that would be awesome. And if you want to stay on the built in Buffalo network, which is, which is what you should do. Cause I don't know where else would you go for bills weekly or everyday podcast. Cause it's just incredible content that comes out of this network. Um, my podcast, the Buffalo Blitz podcast airs every Monday morning on Apple podcast and Spotify. So if you guys want to check me out there, that would be awesome. Yep. Thank you to Peter. Uh, if you are listening to this on Wednesday, when it first came out, this is the second day of the scouting combine. So measurements are coming out. They came out yesterday as well. Please listen to the podcast, listen to the YouTube stuff, watch the YouTube stuff, leave a comment, leave a rating, leave a review. And as always, Bill's Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset and trust the process.